everybody and welcome to another edition of the World Football Index EPL Weekly. We started last week with uh, a chat with Sashin Nakari, uh, going around the clubs of the English Premier League and what's going on, transfers in and out and where they're standing for the, the start of the season. Today we're going further south, we're going down to Southampton uh, in the, and we have a guest in the form of Daryl Morris. Daryl, been in the end of last season, this is the last time I spoke to you, how are you? I'm grand. I'm just moaning about sweaty weather here in the uh, sunny south coast. Well, it's shitty weather here, just a little bit warmer, but it, it's still it's still shitty. We were in our four week winter, which is absolutely horrible and depressing. But it'll it, the, the difference is yours will continue, mine will stop. So, so all things aren't bad. But listen, interesting times at Southampton. Not so much for maybe transfers in or out, but the sort of protracted transfer of uh, Virgil van Dijk which has been seems to have been going on forever and and seems to be going to go on a little bit more um certainly we had Liverpool approach uh, Southampton who ended up reporting them for um misconduct ended up with an apology uh, around that and the interest was dropped in the player but certainly rumors and and news agencies at the moment seem to to feel that this deal is far from being over, and it seems like this deal could well, in, in truth, happen. What, what's your spin on it, Daryl? That could definitely still happen. It's a lot of money going around. I think that most Saints fans are realistic in that we don't expect Van Dyke to stick around for long. Our hope would be that he sticks around for next season, but it's going to be a fight to keep hold of him. I think the one thing that we find a big grudge is that it's Liverpool not because of the past transfer history of them or the fact that they tapped him up for that matter, but because, Christ almighty, he's better than that. He should be going to like a Chelsea, a City, a United. Steady! <laughs> well, you know I'm right. No, 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 no. Player seems to want Liverpool for whatever, as you say, whenever you're given the option to Chelsea and whatnot. It's a completely valid point that you make and a completely fair point that you make. But Van Dijk seems to be very committed towards uh, working with Klopp. Yeah, I don't know if they just share the same awful taste in music or something, but yeah, it's for, some, for some reason he seems to have bought into this idea of Klopp, which I find peculiar if you could also conceivably have an option to buy into the Pep Guardiola story instead. But hey, that seems to be the way he's leaning. Yeah, and uh, you know, I know, I know you, you're, you're, well, I'd say a, not a Klopp critic. Well, you are a Klopp critic. You know, you, you have a, you have a very uh, set mentality in, in in regards to how Klopp works and so on. And you know, as you rightly say, Liverpool coming at it again. But at this money, Daryl, you know, that they're talking about, and and quite clearly, um, you know, Liverpool seem to be prepared to go as far as sixty million uh, pounds for him. Which I think is going to be a very, very difficult one for, for Southampton not to have their heads turned with. Um, yeah, well, to be honest with you, I'd try and get more out of them because 60 million was pretty much what was being touted at the time that we reported them. So I'd be trying to edge them towards 70 if they want him that badly. Bear in mind, he's still got five years left on his contract. So we're not exactly in a high pressure position to sell him, even if the player himself does want out. It's, it's not. It's not a position in which all the all of the cards are in other people's hands. We can actually play a bit of hardball here within reason. I just think we should try and force the fee up as much as we can. And and also, you know, it's been suggested that the, the only way that this transfer goes through and so on. And I'm, I'm speaking surely from from what I'm reading on on the, the red side of this, the Liverpool side of it. You know, it's going to take 
uh, Van Dijk himself to actually put in a transfer request. Have you heard anything along those lines? Is that likely to happen? Is that something that you're expecting to see? The truth is, I find that the Liverpool fans and the Liverpool sources are talking a lot more about still than the Southampton lot are. It's it's not really a huge topic of conversation down here. Realistic resignation, Darren? No, are you know are they resigned to the fact they're going to lose them? Not really. No, it's it's not even that. We've just at the moment we have other things interesting. We've got the new managers come in. Um, which we're more concerned about the signings that we're going to bring in than whether or not Van Dyke goes out at the moment. It is. I think that if you could. Van Dyke and Cater with Liverpool situation, it's almost like a stuck record there. Um, they they are stuck on those transfers. Those are the ones that they really want. So they're the ones that they think the most about. And I don't think there's as much concern down here because, I mean, we do know he's going to go eventually. We just don't know necessarily to where, and we're hoping to hold on to him for one extra season. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I haven't really seen a huge amount of talk about it down here, Dave. Wow, that, that's incredible because, you know, if I open my Twitter feed, it, it's Naby Keita and uh, Virgil van Dijk. It's just 24-7. It never stops. Um, you know, with with a global fan base, there's always somebody awake and they're all, they're all tweeting about it. But listen, let's, let's leave that one uh, where it is. And, you know, as you've rightly said, and we were discussing pre-pod about, uh, about transfers and what you're going to have coming in and so on. And the fact that your scouting system there is so good and how much confident you, you guys as fans have, you know, you, you have real confidence in, in your, uh, director of football, so to speak, in, in identifying these targets. What seems to be on the horizon for you, um, over this window? Well, realistically, I mean, we've already signed um, Polish under-21 named um, Ben Marek, and I haven't seen a huge amount of him. What I have seen, I've liked. The the fee that we've paid for him, 5.1, it's not a negligible amount, but it's it's one where this is a signing that we are taking seriously. I wouldn't say for those Liverpool fans out there who are listening, who are thinking, oh, that'll be the one that they've signed because they have Van Dijk. That's not the situation. Situation um, with him at all. We've needed a centre half since January when we sold Jose Font to West Ham. As far as other signings go, it's actually been really quite. I mean, there's there's rumours about, but I don't pay a huge amount of attention to those because let's face it, it's most of it's bullshit. Um, one that was being strongly linked by Sky at one stage uh, was Luciano Vieto from Atletico Madrid, which would be an interesting signing. But I do wonder if he's kind of. Uh, if he'd occupy a lot of the same spaces that Gabbiadini does. So I'm not sure that would go through. And certainly um, the local press yesterday was saying that it wasn't one of our prospective signings. So it's, there's not a huge amount to report down here, Pro- largely because the manager has only recently come in. Um, so we, we needed to get that sorted where the pool was going to go. If he went, who was going to come in? It was the matter of, is it going to be Pellegrino or is it going to be Adibor? I'm very happy that it's Pellegrino. Um, and now I think that, I think it works in progress. We don't tend to be a, a, a club who have a lot of leads. We don't um, tend to, we don't have the best connections with our local press, I think is a big part of it. So there's not many leaks going out to them because that's where, let's face it, most transfer leaks from. No, uh, absolutely they do. You talk there about, the, uh, you know, Pellegrino going uh, ex-Liverpool, uh, actually. But again, you know, you're very clear on the fact that he will have very, very little input on on who comes in and who goes out. 
from the club. You you seem to have a very very clear structure there, and and quite a fixed structure which which works exceptionally well for you, considering the fact that we go and throw you at least a hundred million every every transfer window in the summer. But do you feel that maybe the, the lack of transfer activity at the moment? hinges a little bit on whether this this fund uh, I'm hasten to go back to it again but you know obviously with, with the promise maybe of, of seven or 60 70 million coming in for van Dyke do you feel that there's maybe just a little you know foot off the gas a little and just see where that goes before you commit the transfers no not really I don't we don't really shop in kind of huge money at the best of times um, even if we sold van Dyke we'd still be spending pretty much within our normal means, which is in the up to 20 million bracket. Um, I don't think with with the Sky TV money, I don't think it makes as much of a difference as you might think. Bear in mind, we also just got 12 million in for Jay Rodriguez, which was a really good sale, in my opinion. I, I just think that our ball tends to work quietly, and more or less the first you hear about a deal is when it's pretty much on the brink. Um, we don't have a lot of links because, like I say, our board don't have the best links to our local press, so no one's leaking to them, and then the stories are not being disseminated out to the global press. What you say about um, Liverpool fans constantly talking about the Van Dyke thing, yeah, I actually hear more talk about Van Dyke from Liverpool fans who I follow on Twitter and on Facebook than I do from Saints fans. Yeah, well, hardly a surprise. So again, you know, you're you're. Let's looking forward to the season, and and obviously, you know, you have Pellegrino there. What are you expecting um, from him? Not, I don't have a great deal of information on him. I don't know what the track record's like, but you know, going into it, uh, you're quite comfortable. Uh, you know, obviously, as, as we stated before, he'll have minimal impact on on, on your transfer business. Um, again, just. Uh, Kudos to, to Southampton. It's a very, very well-run club. But obviously, you know, in, in identifying players, they've obviously identified this manager as the man they want as well. So, again, how was he? How's he being received down there in the South Coast and whatnot? And what are your expectations? Generally, very positively received. Um, for anyone who follows Spanish football, it was a really good signing. Um, I follow the Spanish game a lot, so I was really pleased when we were linked with him and delighted when we signed him up. Uh, what I do think is that a lot of the fans who don't know much about his time at Alaves might be part of the problem and part of the reason why the fans wanted rid of um, Claude Poole last, uh, after last season was because we didn't play extraordinarily attractive football. We didn't score a lot of goals. I think that a lot of that was stuff to do around the club, less to do with Poole himself. Well, Pellegrino is not a straight-up attacking, expansive coach. He's he wins a lot of his games by narrow score lines. He's a very a very controlled type of coach. Admittedly, that's with a small club like Alaves, more limited resources than we have. Maybe it'll be more attacking. I I wasn't bothered by the fact that Poole wasn't a great goal scorer type, a goal scoring focused coach. I like the fact that we had a lot of control during games, and I'm hoping that Pellegrino continue that on, but without being in a position where for six months he doesn't have a proper striker uh, because that's what really cost Poole in the end. Um, I think Pellegrino is going to be treated a bit better by the board and I think that it'll show on the pitch and with the fans. You know, obviously you've, you said you've, you've watched him there with Alaves. 
you know, what what kind of playing style is he sort of synonymous with? Is he is he a man who who likes a good back four, or is he you know more of an attacking coach? One of the things with Alaves, obviously, when you're following the Spanish league, is you only really see them, except in the highlights packages, you only really see them play, playing against the clubs. Uh, he was very very good and controlled in the games against the big clubs. Very solid, reliable counter attacking side. Play deep, counter-attack with pace, you know, the sort of thing that will probably get a six points off of Liverpool again, you know, maybe knock you out of a cup semi-final. Standard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just basically he'll, keep, he'll keep up what we pretty much expect. No, he's, I don't think he's as enterprising in an attacking sense as a lot of Saints fans. It's, you know what it is when Saints fans hear, or when fans of any club in England hear that fancy-sounding name, they tend to assume that it's going to be, like, oh, this is a man who's aiming for the 5-0. No, he's he's a pragmatic coach. I, I see more of the Pochettino in him. And that's obviously a great thing because Pochettino is the best coach we've probably had in my lifetime down here. And what about you know? Obviously, you know, we, we talked about Van Dijk. Um, you know, you, you say there's there's others have gone, but are you expecting you know any more departures? Maybe from from what would have been your first team last season? Is, is there any areas at the moment? You know, obviously you're not dabbling in the window as yet, but you will. What areas do you feel of the team that that he will look at and 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 think? Well, we could strengthen there. We could strengthen here. What, what are the areas of, of concern? Well, I would say if everything's about fucking Van Dyke, but if Van Dyke goes, we'll need another. Seven. Well, you're you're not selling Steve Davis. Yeah, a legend. You can't sell. Well, him. no, definitely <laughs> not. I just, uh, if Steve Davis goes, I will riot, which I nearly did when we sold Jack Cork. But there you go. I would say we need a bit more creativity. In midfield, I th- there were rumours that Tadic might be on his way out. That's that's not impossible because last season he blew really hot and cold. Whether he's going to like get a reprieve because people are blaming Poole for that, who can say? Um, I think there is a case that if the money's there, we should take it on him and look to bring someone else in. Uh, but I would be looking maybe to bring in another winger, someone with pace. So we've got Redmond on one side and someone else on the other. Our team's actually pretty solid. I I don't have a huge number of complaints. Obviously, it would be a case of we need to look for players who improve what we have as opposed to just like we're not not a club who need to make squad signings. We're a club that needs to make improving signings if we're going to bother at all. And, you know, g- given what we've seen in this transfer window thus far and what's being touted, in, and, you know, I know we spoke beforehand, Daryl, and, and, and the figures, like the amount of money that's moving around here, it's actually quite staggering. You know, you look at the Lukaku deal alone and that, it's just mesmerising money. And, you know, for, for a club like Southampton, being in that in that league with that money flying out, how, how does a club like Southampton do it? You know, is it just down to just, Bloody good scouting. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's down to the structure of the club. We have a really strong scouting network. We have a team whose job is solely to watch videos of players who we're tracking from across the world. They are just pretty much locked away in dark rooms watching video constantly and assessing players and whether they're going to be moved on. We have players who we've been following for years who, as potential uh, future signings. And what that does is it means that any time a coach comes in, or any time a coach leaves, rather, I should say, 
uh, it doesn't cripple the entire club. We don't. We're not like a headless chicken. We're not decapitated if the coach goes. Someone else comes in and fulfills that coaching role, but the main structure of the team and the club is still in place to feed that first team. So the truth is, while there's not a huge amount of transfer talk going on, I'm not worried. I have confidence that we will make the right decisions when Van Dyke goes, whether Van Dyke stays, we will bring the players to go out and the right players to come in. And the way we keep on doing it is that in all honesty, we are better at scouting than pretty much every club in the Premiership. So we sell our people for huge amounts and then sign them cheaply and then sell the ones who we've signed. And it keeps on that consistent money flow. And also, we don't get sucked into the huge money deals. One of the things that I say with the Van Dyke deals, I'd imagine if that happens, it will go after we've made our signings. Because by doing it that way, we obviously don't alert clubs to the fact that we have a huge amount of money knocking around. And that saves you in the long run. Well, Liverpool, Liverpool fans are doing that job for you, unfortunately, at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I don't worry about them. I only worry about real humans. Oh, that, that's charming, that is. Well, listen, getting into season expectations and whatnot, you obviously change your management and so on. You know, the, the, Southampton, I would look at the, at the Premier League and go, ah, not a chance they'll be they'll be anywhere near relegation, you know, mid, mid-table with, with a good cup run. Is that... Again, what what you'd be you'd be looking at what 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 success you know obviously given the fact there's a bit of, bit of change there even though you've rightly pointed out it doesn't have a huge impact given how well the club is, is run um, what what do we expect from Southampton this season? What's a cat amongst the pigeons now is the Everton situation to spend a huge money. I have high hopes that it'll actually implode and go terribly for them so we can take their place on the table. But realistically, we're looking at one of those positions which any anything from like eighth, eighth would be our main target and anything above that is fantastic. Other than that, we're looking at cup runs, really. That's realistic expectation. If you ask a lot of fans, they'll come out with the usual bullshit. Oh, yeah, we want to be aiming for Europe. Yeah, it'd be nice, but realistically, everyone else is out spending this. It, it, we need something pretty spectacular for that to happen this season, in my opinion. No, so as I say, Daryl, is there anything else of note from Southampton you want to bring to the, to bring to the pod before we close? Yeah, just I'm trying not to come out with a Hitler meme from the internet, but um, Claude Poole did nothing wrong. Um, Saints fans, he said actually, under the circumstances, he did a good job. But it's in the past. He's gone. The Greeno's the future. And... Hopefully he can kick on from next season. Well, no doubt we will be chatting throughout the season as it progresses. And, you know, at this stage, I'll wish you all the best of luck for the season. Um, I do have a wee soft spot for Saints. Back from Bobby Stokes and Matt Letizia, you've had some had some great entertainers in your day. So before we close it out, Daryl, uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Anything you want to plug? Uh, any work or anything you feel that uh, any websites you want to plug that people might be interested in? Far away. Uh, there's not really that I'm looking to plug. I'm not a huge active social media user, but you can find me at Lord Moloch on uh, Twitter. But I'm probably not worth following on there. I just usually moan about Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll back you on that one. You're not worth following. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but seriously, listen, give the guy a follow. Um, he's, he's abrasive, and that's what I like. Uh, definitely, definitely an abrasive character. But listen, Daryl, just thank you so much for taking the time. It's, it's always a pleasure, always good fun chat, having a chat with you. And uh, as I say, we'll do it again soon. From our, from our own point here at WFI, a few pods appearing back again on the website this week. Uh, we're slowly but surely getting ourselves geared up for the season. A uh, few more uh, EPL pods coming uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, arranging some of them. So, again, around the clubs. Uh, check out the website if you haven't already. Uh, lots of great content on there at the minute. Um, some really good articles. Um, you can even find some on Nabi Keita, I imagine. Uh, uh, but I'll say that the website is taken off and if you haven't ever gone across there it's at www.worldfootballindex.com give us a give us a look there and I'll say all your usual pods are lining up for the season and uh, we'll be with you shortly so just one last thanks to Daryl thanks again to the listener and until the next one it's goodbye <laughs>